0: For the second time this season, the New Jersey Devils played against the Philadelphia Flyers. And for the second time as well, the game went into overtime. But this time around, the matchup favored the Flyers as they came away victorious in OT. The Devils had some ill-advised turnovers from their star players that resulted in their loss. We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils, and I got some behind-the-scenes soundbites to share with you all. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils. Your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils Trade Trey Matthews. Oh, Stephen stepped up, nailed it. has got the puck. What a shot! All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked Lockdown Network. I'm your host, college hockey club, a play announcer, Devils Bar for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member Trey Matthews. Back from the Prudential Center, and I got my coffee in hand because it was a long night because the Devils and Flyers went into overtime, similar to what happened on November 30th, but This time around, the Flyers got their revenge. They came out victorious by a score of 3-2. to Now, even though the Devils came out on the losing end, even though this was a frustrating loss and Jack Hughes arguably had his worst performance of the season, I don't think this game is as bad as people might project it to be. So in today's episode, in the first segment, I will share you guys what I saw from the press box from my perspective. And then in segment two, we'll talk about some of my main takeaways from the game. I'll also play you a couple of sound bites courtesy of Shimon the Mets and also Nathan Bastion. And then in the third and final segment, like I do with every post game recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. So let's start off with some notable lineup changes. So the PBJ combo of Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt no more to start this game because Jesper Bratt went back onto the Nico Kiescher line alongside with Andre Palat. As you guys know, I am a big fan of that line combination. Eric Kala was on the top line with Jack Hughes, which was an interesting move, but I think the biggest talking point was the fact that Timo Meyer was on the fourth line alongside with Dawson Mercer and Alexander Holtz and Brendan Smith was put back into the lineup in favor of Colin Miller. So, Here are my thoughts on Timo Meyer, real quick, because I will save this for a future episode. Timo Meyer, as revealed by Lindy Roth, is still recovering from his injury. He is still not at 100%, and Lindy also said that it does affect his skating, and it's quite obvious because he's not as fast, he's not as physical, and it seems like no matter which line he's uh, paired alongside with, it doesn't seem to work. Uh, his best bet is to be paired alongside with Nico Heischer because that's the one in which he has the best success. But for the time being, Timo Meyer has put up nothing but zeros during the month of December, and we're almost at Christmas time. And like I said, I will save that for a future episode, but I think you guys get where I'm hinting at, which is maybe it's time to give Timo Meyer just an off day or two just so he could get back to being healthy yet again. Because It doesn't seem like he's really helping the Devils. And as for Brendan Smith, I know a lot of people might have their mixed emotions about Brendan Smith, especially with him being a defenseman. But the one thing I'll say is that the penalty kill for the Devils looked a lot better this game. Now, albeit coming into this matchup, the Flyers had the third worst power play percentage in the entire league. But still, the Devils were creating good looks for themselves while on the PK. We saw Curtis Lazar. He had a wide-open breakaway opportunity. Unfortunately, he got stymied. And it just seemed like the Devils were creating some good looks while being shorthanded. So I would say that Brendan Smith definitely was an energizer on the PK. Now his defense, still a question mark. So that's just something I want to put out there. But When looking at period one, it was more or less the same as to what I saw in the previous matchup against the Anaheim Ducks, which was that the Devils were creating some decent looks for themselves. Unfortunately, they couldn't result in anything, but the end of this period had a different outcome compared to the previous matchup against the Ducks. So almost halfway done with period one, shots on goal, even to a piece, hits five to four in favor of the Flyers, block shots, even to a piece. Flyers were winning the face-off department at that time, but the Devils ended up winning uh the, the face-off win percentage come the end of the night. And this game was pretty back and forth, and that was to be uh what was to come the rest of the way. But minutes go by and Michael McLeod he got the party started for New Jersey because Nathan Bastion had established uh strong puck dominance in the offensive end that resulted in a pretty dime to McLeod out in front. And McLeod has now scored in two straight games. So this was essential for the Devils because I think everyone remembers what happened in the first two periods uh, when they were playing the Ducks, which was they got absolutely handcuffed by John Gibson. Like, they got goalied. So the Devils just needed one to find the back of the net in this game just to tip the odds back into their favor because that first period against the Ducks, it was picturesque. It was perfect. it was They were the more dominant team. Unfortunately, John Gibson, it was just his spotlight and his time to shine as he just stopped the Devils in their tracks. But Michael McLeod making a one-to-nothing game, going into an intermission, I felt like that was all the Devils needed to try to get the party started. But unfortunately, Jack Hughes, he had a turnover that resulted in Ryan Paling scoring the goal. So it's tied one apiece. So the first penalty was called minutes into the second, which was a good change of pace considering the amount of penalties that were called the previous matchup so scott lawton was given a tripping minor and as we all know the past few games the devils have been kind of struggling in their power play and the flyers are really good at getting shorthanded goals i believe they're tops in the league in that department but the devils answered quickly and took advantage of their strong power play execution so it was a lucky bounce off of nico heischer's stick that resulted in the puck dribbling over to Brat. And all Brad had to do was tap it in point blank. And Hughes sort of redeemed himself because he got the secondary assist on that play. So the Devils regained their lead. It's 2-1. to But a few minutes later, Ryan Paling, who found a wide-open shot via Travis Konecki, he tied it up to a piece. So the Devils, they led this game twice, but they just couldn't go off and running. And that's definitely a little frustrating. And I talked to Shimon Nemetz about the matter about how like how do you maintain a lead and how do you just try to hold down the fort defensively a little bit better and we'll hear from him in segment 2 but obviously that's a bit of a gut punch because like I just said the devils they had the lead twice and and they blew it twice so That's definitely something that I'm sure they're going to be tossing and turning at night, but it's worth mentioning prior to that paling goal. The Devils actually had a few clear shooting lanes, but they instead elected to go for the extra pass as opposed to actually shooting it. So as a result, it gets picked off and the Flyers tie the game once more. So that's just something that the devils need to like work on. Or I'm sure once they go back to the film room, they'll see like next time shoot that puck in that sort of circumstance. Because I think there was an instance in which Curtis Lazar, there was a wide open Luke Hughes and Lazar did not pass it to Hughes. And Hughes actually threw his stick in frustration. And Amanda Stein actually posted about that on social media. So game is tied and the devils are treading on water because they got back-to-back penalties. So Kevin Ball, he was assessed an elbowing call. Devils clear it, and it was actually an electrifying PK. But then not too long after that, Luke Hughes, he gets assessed a trip. So like I said moments ago, Brendan Smith being back on the PK, I think that was an energizer for the Devils because they looked a lot better on the PK. But like I said, and I can't reiterate this enough, the Flyers have the third worst power play percentage in the entire league. So One could say that the Devils were doing what they were supposed to do, but compared to how they were against the Ducks and a few other games prior to that, including the Blue Jackets, Devils let up a power play goal in that matchup as well. I would say that their their PK looked a lot better. So despite playing with fire and despite their PK not really being all that good, Devils uh, walked away unscathed, and that was pretty impressive to see. But speaking of penalties, it seemed like Uh, the devils should have gotten a few more power play opportunities, but I'll talk about that momentarily, but here we go into period number three and it's the moment of truth. So about eight minutes went by and there wasn't much push or pull between the teams. It was pretty stagnant. And unfortunately Kevin ball got another penalty for hooking. And it was just another like test that the devils had to answer, which was, can you try to kill off this penalty? And they were able to do so. So, like I said, a few minutes ago, Curtis Lazar, he created a wide-open breakaway opportunity for himself on the PK, but he just got stymied, and that happens. But something I just want to mention real quick, and I'll talk more about this in the second segment, VTech Manchek, he was making the crucial saves that he was supposed to make, both five-on-five five and also while his team was on the PK. And that's what I wanted to see out of VTech from not only this game, but from here on out, which was you need to try to make those crucial saves even if you are in a vulnerable position. So this period definitely gave me a lot of gray hair, but into OT we go, and the Devils are usually a good overtime team, and I was rather confident because this was going to be the second time that the Devils and Flyers played one another in overtime. Devils will still walk away with a point either way, and I was really hoping that Jack Hughes would steal the show. Well, he stole the show all right. Unfortunately, it was for the wrong reason. So I'll, I'll give him uh, the benefit of the doubt. He should have uh, been granted a penalty when he was shoved into the net. And then a few minutes later, he had an ill advised turnover, like he was trying to pass it on back to his brother, Luke. And Owen oh, Tippett uh, read the play beautifully, scored on VTech check. and that game was over. So, like I said, Jack Hughes, that's another turnover that he had that resulted in a Flyers goal. So, arguably, Jack Hughes' worst performance of the season. So, This game in general, it was definitely just a push-pull factor. It was a tug-of-war match. Seems like whatever you could do, I could do better type of circumstance. So this game was definitely competitive, and this is not the same Flyers team from last year or years prior. This is a brand new Flyers team that, that is trying to make a name for themselves in the league, and they answered the call against the Devils in this matchup, and they walked away winners in overtime. So I'll share uh, some of my main takeaways in the second segment and also play a couple sound bites uh, courtesy of Shimon Nemetz and Nathan Bashan. But before we continue, I want you guys to make some extra money this holiday season. So get over to FanDuel because as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Okay, so I wrote down some of my main takeaways from the game. So main takeaway number one, I know the result is not what everybody wanted but this still was not a bad game. I wouldn't say it was a bad loss at all. And I know the team and fans are not big on moral victories, but hear me out. Here's a few things that I want you to factor in. So the one thing that I talked about in the previous episode when I was recapping the Devils and Ducks game was that the Devils, uh, it was just a snowball effect in period three because once they went down three to one, it, it seemed like it was all over. And unfortunately... They got a power play opportunity. got negated really early because uh, Tyler Toffoli was given a penalty. And then uh, after that, it was just all the Ducks after that, particularly with Adam Henrique. He got a hat trick. So the Devils just spiraled out of control in the previous matchup. But in this game, the opposite can be said because they scored first. They lost their lead because the the Flyers tied it. And then the Devils regained their lead and then the Flyers tied it. But the one thing I can say is that, especially in period three, the Devils held their ground. And I think that's very important because we've been talking about how the Devils have to play a little bit more simple. And I think they were doing so in this matchup. So I was like, okay, if you can't score, take it in overtime take it into a shootout, just try to walk away with something. Because what's worse, playing this hard-fought game and having nothing to show for it or playing this hard-fought game and, yes, you lose, but at least it's an overtime and you can walk away with a point. And that's my second uh, thing in regards to that this was not really all that bad of a game is that they walked away with a point. So they walked away with something. And I know that a lot of people would rather have the two points. Trust me, I'm no exception But one point is better than no points, and that was one of the issues I had with the Devils when they were losing some of these games to the Blue Jackets, the Sharks, and also the Ducks. It's just like, had you just taken that into OT, those are three points you could have had. So every point is very crucial, especially with how tight the Metropolitan Division is, and we're in late December, and there's really no separation with the exception of the Blue Jackets. Quite honestly, if the Penguins go on a win streak, which – I'm not sure if they're doing for the time being. I haven't been following them religiously, but they can also be a factor or they could be a dark horse team. So that's my thing, which is just getting a point is better than no points. And the third thing I want to say is that it seems like the Devils, they only had one power play opportunity and they capitalized on it. And I talked about this when Jack Hughes got shoved into the net in overtime and Lindy Ruff actually talked about this post game. And I think Bill Spaulding and Can Danico, based on what I saw in the highlight reel, I think they also agreed, which is that should have been a penalty assessed to the Flyers. And there were a few other times in which the Devils should have gone back onto the power play. So that's my thing, which is I think there were a few missed calls that didn't go into the way of the Devils, and that really could have changed the outcome of the game. So could they have been given four more power play opportunities or something like that? Who's to say that they wouldn't capitalize on on any of those four more opportunities? I don't really know, but they should have been given more power play chances. That's all I'm going to say. Now, I had the chance to speak with Shimo and the Mets, and now I don't think defense was the issue at all. I don't think goaltending was the issue, but I decided to ask him anyway just to get his perspective, which was it sucks when you lose a lead not once but twice, and that's exactly what happened in this game. So I talked about what are some of the adjustments that needs to be made in order to make sure that sort of thing doesn't happen, especially with how – tight the metro is i know it's his first year and maybe he's not the best person to ask but he was the one of the only the few players available so i decided to get his perspective on the matter here's what he had to share with me uh shimon from uh your perspective uh what needs to change defensively because you guys had the lead twice this game and unfortunately the flyers tied it up both times i know you're in your first year but can you provide your uh perspective on it
1: yeah uh... It's hard when you're leading twice and, and you you still lose the game. But yeah, we need we need learn from from this mistake, and I hope uh, it, it's gonna be better.
0: Yeah, he wasn't really too detailed oriented, and like I said, it's not really his role to kind of uh, give that insight because he's still trying to fit in with the Devils roster himself, and he's still trying to get more comfortable to North American style hockey. But here's here's a dirty little secret guys we don't but like, pick and choose which player is available to talk to the media post game they just bring out who they can bring out and then that's that and after a loss it's 10 times worse so the, the players that were available to talk with post game were Shimon madison nathan Bashan, and v Vanacek. that was it and i i don't blame the devils i i wouldn't be in the mood to talk to the media either after a post game loss i i played baseball in college i i get it and I'm, I'm not trying to like compare myself to them or anything but it's just like for any of you who played sports and you come away on the losing end, I'm sure you wouldn't be in the best of mood to talk with the media either, especially if you felt like the loss was on your shoulders, which is why I don't think Jack Hughes was willing to talk to the media either because he doesn't like talking to the media, period. He doesn't like talking to the media even after a win. So I don't think he'd be in the mood to talk about uh, this outing. But moving on, speaking of Jack Hughes, worst game of the season For Jack Hughes, and that's bound to happen because he's human, and not everyone can be perfect. So, yes, he did have some ill-advised turnovers that resulted in a couple of Flyers goals, especially that one in overtime. But Jack Hughes will bounce back. I, I guarantee it. And he still walked away with a point. So my thing is like his worst is still better than a lot of people's best effort. I'm just gonna say that. So yes, Jack Hughes absolutely 100% did not have a good outing. It was his worst performance of the season, arguably. And Luke Hughes, his brother, was no better. So the Hughes brothers were pretty much a non-factor in this game, but they will bounce back. And like I said, guys, even though we love to say that Jack Hughes is amazing, he's this, he's that, he's still human like everyone else at the end of the day. So he's bound to have those types of mistakes. And now, one thing I want to hammer on home, do not blame VTech Vancheck or the defense for this loss because I just talked about it. Jack Hughes who's a forward had the turnover that resulted in the Flyers scoring on a couple of those goals. And VTech Vancheck I said in segment 1 he was making the right saves at the right possible time. I could count on uh, on my hands the amount of saves he was making point blank from the Flyers and Samuel Erson was doing the same thing on the other side of the rink. Now I didn't want to put this out on social media because I know how a lot of people could be superstitious. I'm not one of those people, but I know that other people are. I said, it seems like the first team to score that third goal was going to end up uh, winning the game. And lo and behold, that's what actually came into fruition. So once again, I'm not superstitious and I don't believe in jinxes. I just believe in timely or untimely coincidences, but still, I I just wanted to respect others. But uh, yeah, so it was just a very close, hard battle between both respective teams and Vancheck and Urson were putting up one hell of an effort in, in between the pipes. And so before you put the, this uh, loss on Vitek, Vancheck or the defense, I don't think that's the case in my opinion. And now we're going to hear from Nathan Bastion because his line performed really well. So I talked about how Michael McLeod scored the opening goal and how it seems like the dynamic between him, Curtis Lazar, and Nathan Bastion has really been working for the Devils the last few games because we've been talking about the struggles of Nathan Bastion, but he's actually been assisting on a good number of Michael McLeod's goals. And Curtis Lazar, he could have scored himself. He had a few uh, good looks, and especially on that open breakaway while on the PK. But the, the point is, is that I've been raving about the captain line of Nico Keisher, Andre Palat, and also Jesper Bratt. I really need to give my credit to uh, the third line pairing of Nathan Bastian, Michael McLeod, and Curtis Lazar, because they've also been very scrappy and playing physical. And shout out to uh, Catherine Bogart for asking uh, uh, Bastian the question of, of, of the camaraderie he has with his line mates. So I want to play the entirety of his soundbite. It's only two minutes, so check it out.
1: What turned in your mind? Uh, it
0: looked uh, like you had control of this game. Yeah, I, felt like that too, I
1: think. Um, obviously a really tight game out there. It was pretty much exactly what we expected. And even though a lot of good things happen, it's one of those ones you have to find a way to win. Download. Your line was really fighting for it, creating some great opportunities. How can the rest of the group keep working on that moving forward to have that grit download to get those goals? Yeah, I think when when I'm playing with the two guys I'm playing with, it's a it's a really simple game and it's it's a predictable game for us. And um, when you play a team like that, it just comes down to winning all your 50 50 battles and, and desperation around the net. And we were lucky enough to get one tonight, even though the, it was a loss, check had some incredible saves throughout this game. What can you say about him, especially in that third period? He gave us uh, everything we needed. Um, The rest was kind of up to us. So um, VTech is a good good example of uh, something that, you know, hopefully a little bit of momentum can build from that. You know, you want to play well and and keep playing well, and I like this game a lot tonight. Do you think uh, some of this buck luck sometimes, you put some shots on and and they uh, they don't find the net? Yeah, for sure, but you have to create your own luck too. You have to, you know, you have to find ways to get inside and you can't be a perimeter team, especially when, they play as hard as they do inside, so um, yeah, maybe a little bit of puck luck, but probably won't chalk that one up as puck luck. Coach said um, there's an emphasis on getting more points at home. Um, you're now second game in, you got to turn that around, don't you? Yeah, I think if you look around at the good teams in this league, one of uh, one of their strong points is playing at home, and. For whatever reason we've struggled in the past and it's um, you know it's really tough to put your finger on it why or, or how but that's something we got to turn around for sure. Penalty kill was really a difference maker throughout this game what was working well with that unit when you guys were short-handed? Um, uh, guys were guys were desperate I thought um, when they went to uh, clear the puck they they cleared and when they needed to get on a lane they blocked the shot so very similar to VTech. It's it's great that um, the penalty kill did well tonight because in the past we've, we've struggled a little bit. So hopefully that's something we can take away from tonight.
0: During that soundbite, Bash acknowledged that the team kind of let down VTech Vancheck. And as we all know, VTech Vancheck he does wear his emotions on his sleeve and he's a very passionate player. And by the way, if you're wondering like what he was dealing with in, in, before the game against the Anaheim Ducks, in which he said he just wasn't physically well, he said he had no comments, so we don't really know what the circumstance is, but that's that's your answer, which was he refused to comment on the situation, but I think he still performed really well in this matchup for the Devils. So we're going to transition over to segment three, and, and I will compare the stats to give the Devils a letter grade momentarily, but before we continue, I want to tell you guys about game time because the Devils have another home game right around the corner. So one of the things I love about the Game Time app is that last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices, show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. So download the game time app, create an account, and use the code locked NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so before I compare the stats and give the devils a letter grade, I first want to read you guys a post courtesy of Alex Chavonsi, formerly a devil's writer for the hockey writers, currently doing some independent work, it looks like, uh, based on my assumption. But anyway, he put this out on the X app and he said. Frustrating loss, obviously, but some fans of my mentions saying the Devils are going to miss the playoffs. They're in fine shape right now, a point out with games in hand on some teams. So he put out the standings, and right now, if we look at uh, all the teams on the eastern side right now, the Devils rank 10th with 34 points, so they're currently tied with the Red Wings and Capitals, and ahead of them are the Lightning with 35 and the Hurricanes with uh, three extra points at 37. So. The thing is, is like I said, at least the Devils walked away with a point in this game because that's essential. So I want people to know that it's still December. Like it's still very early in the season, essentially. So if this was like February and the Devils are still on the outside looking in, then maybe you can uh, be a little concerned. And then maybe that's when you try to make a push at the trade deadline for another big piece. So that way that can uh, get the Devils over the hump. But for a time being, the Devils are still in a decent position. It's just the Metro is just very tight right now. And that's all I can tell you. So as long as the Devils don't go on like a lengthy losing streak, I think they're still in good shape. So yes, they're on a two game losing streak, but at least they picked up a point in this matchup against the Flyers. So a one point is better than no points, obviously. So let's compare the stats, give the Devils a letter grade and get out of here. So Shots on goal differential, tied 26 apiece between both teams. So when I talk about this game being back and forth, it was the epitome of being back and forth. And quite honestly, I was surprised that some of the looks that the Devils were creating in front of Urson didn't find the back of the net because they had a lot of great A looks. But it, it's just another case in which the Devils just sometimes run into hot goaltending. So it seems like I've been saying that a lot the past year or so on this show, but that's the best way I can describe a faceoff percentage while the Flyers got off to the head start. The Devils finished in this category in comfortable uh, fashion, 61.1% in favor of the Devils, 38.9% to the Flyers. Power play percentage, Flyers were 0 for 3, Devils were 1 for 1, thanks to Jesper Bratt and Nico Heischer batting it down. Penalty minutes, it was just a great change of pace. There were 17 penalties combined in the the last game between the ducks and the devils so six penalty minutes for the devils four of them belong to kevin ball only two for the flyers hits 28 to 25 in favor of the flyers block shots 21 to 12 in favor of the flyers man devils kind of need to look at a shot blocker quite honestly because they've been getting blown out in that category uh, a few games this year and sometimes it's just the little things that can make a big difference giveaways Devils led that department seventeen to three. So the Flyers were playing some excellent defense on the Devils, particularly with Jack Hughes. They were forechecking him a lot, and it seemed like Jack Hughes and company didn't have much answer. Lindy Ruff talked about this post game, which was his star players, including Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt. There were just times when they looked very vulnerable, and the Flyers capitalized on it. So they kind of need to work on that a little bit more. Goes back to what we've been saying the last few weeks: you got to play physical. And teams are going to be more prepared for the Devils. And case in point, right there, which is the Flyers are taking a page out of the Hurricanes book, which is sometimes you got to forecheck the Devils to make them cough up the puck, so that way you could slow them down, so that way they don't kill you while they're on transition. So that's just uh, my food for thought. And when you blame the defense, I don't think the defense can be blamed in this game because it was a close. It was a close game. Went into OT. Just some unlucky circumstances for the Devils. Takeaways: Devils led that department. to So if I had to give the Devils a letter grade, normally I should give them an A because this game was hard fought. The Devils answered on back. There weren't really too many glaring mistakes aside from the couple of costly turnovers. But since they lost the game, I just morally cannot give them an A. So I'll give them a solid B. It was still a good performance and they played hard and they seemed to play hard the entire 60. That's why it went into overtime and Devils got off and running first and uh, come the second period, it was just a back and forth affair and the devils did hold down the fort. They didn't let it snowball penalty kill looked a lot better. Their power play in the one opportunity they got, they scored just seems like the devils need to get a tad bit more physical, but we've been talking about that last few weeks. Still, still a good performance for the devils, but yeah, I, I just can't give them an A. So, Let me know what you guys think in the comment section. What did you think of the game in general? And quite honestly, there were a lot of storylines in the previous matchup against the Ducks. So that John Gibson fiasco of him feeling ill and then people making the assumption that maybe a trade was about to go down because Vitek Vancek, he wasn't feeling well physically. So he didn't suit up in the game. Adam Henrique getting the hat trick, the amount of penalties and chippiness between both respective teams, the Devils falling for another trap game. I just want to say this game, didn't have those types of storylines and i'm perfectly okay with that it's, it's it's a nice change of pace it's a breath of fresh air just take a little bit of a breather this game was a little more uh how would i say it chilled out in, in a sense for for lack of a better term it, it seemed a lot more chilled out so uh it was it was a fun to cover wish there were more storylines to touch on but it was just one of those games one of those circumstances so let me know what you guys think in the comment section if you're watching on youtube if you're listening on podcast streaming service. Hit me up on my personal X page app at TreyMap4 or the show's X page app at Locked on Devils. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.